Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. We do want to welcome those that are watching online or perhaps you're listening on our podcast. Would you give our online viewers and listeners a wild round of applause? Good to have you with us this morning. We say it every week and we'll say it again today. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant? Right on. Hey, we are in the culmination of our series, The Life of Jesus. We've been doing this for six weeks And uh, there's been some amazing revelation. How many of you know it's clear that scripture, it does not return void. That's what, that's what the word even says about itself. And so on, we started with Sunday, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. We knew this as Palm Sunday. We did that six weeks ago or seven weeks ago. Then Monday, Jesus clears the temple. We focused on that. Tuesday, Jesus teaches on the Mount of Olives. Wednesday, Jesus rested in Bethany, and there wasn't a whole lot of scripture to support that, so we coupled that with Thursday, um, the the Last Supper, Friday, the crucifixion, and here we are on Saturday, Jesus is in the grave, and how many of you know it doesn't end that way? And that's why we're here, because it's Easter Sunday, and it's Resurrection Sunday, and I'm so pumped about that. Just a little recap, I told you, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, out of those four books in the New Testament, 89 chapters uh, total, there's, uh, there's only four out of 89 that focus on the first 30 years of Jesus's life. And the last three and a half years of Jesus's life has 85 chapters in those books devoted specifically to it, which is why we did this series on the, this Passion Week, this last week of, of Jesus's life. So skipping right to Saturday. Today, I want to I start by talking about Saturday. We're, we're going to end with celebration knowing that there's a miracle that came from Saturday. But Saturday was an interesting day. It was a dark day. Jesus had just uh, just died on the cross on Friday. And a lot of people think Jesus died on Good Friday, and there wasn't a lot happening on Saturday between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. But that's not true, and that's what I want to talk about today. Purpose and in between pain and purpose. What happens in between the pain and the purpose, and this is not just about Jesus' life, although we're going to look at to him as an example, but we're going to look at our own lives and see how this correlates and, and, and what Jesus is exemplifying here for each of us. This is Luke's account of what happened and what took place after the cross, before the resurrection. We're going to look at Luke 23. If you could turn there or go there in your, your phones, wherever it is, it'll be on the screen. Let's, let's start at verse 50. Now, there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and an upright man who had not consented to the decision and action. He's talking about the decision to crucify Jesus here. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Everybody say the word waiting. waiting. Now I want to pause here because I think some of you right now are in a waiting period. I think some of you that have come this morning, you need a touch from God because you're in, a, you're in that place between pain and purpose, and this might be a Saturday moment for you where you're experiencing a dark hour and you've gone through maybe some tragedy, maybe you've gone through some stuff, maybe this hasn't been the most exciting year for you, but I want to encourage you, this ends well if you're in Jesus. 
Verse 52, going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. And then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in the tomb, cut in the rock, one in which no one had been laid. It was, pre- it was preparation day. Everybody say preparation day. And I want you, if you're taking notes, to write that down, preparation day. And the Sabbath was about to begin. Now, there's a lot of revelation in this, so I want to pray and I want to ask the Lord to speak to us. Father, we just welcome you this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you would speak to us as we look at this, that you would reveal to us the amazing depth and revelation that's in your scripture. We could read this 50 times and see 50 different things that you reveal to us. But Father, I ask that you would open our hearts and open our spirits. And I thank you, Lord, that prophetically you would speak through your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Sabbath was and still is a day where Jewish people rested. The word Sabbath means to cease from labors. So I'm going to stop working is what that means right there. And it's interesting that Jesus did his deepest, darkest work on Saturday on the Sabbath. And I think it's an example of how many times we feel like we need to do, but we need to just rest in the presence of the Lord and the work will be done for us when we rest in his presence. There's moments where you need to just stop and get into the presence of God and lift your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care and say, God, you've got this. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. So, Lord, you go ahead and you show up and you show off. But see, if you're like me, you have control issues that the Lord needs to deal with. And he's going, but it's the Sabbath and I'm commanding you to rest. I'm telling you to chill out. Let me do the work. Aren't you grateful for a God who does the greatest work and much greater than we could have ever orchestrated on our own when we trust and we rest and we cease from laboring? That's a word for you today. Some of you came here and you're tired and you're exhausted and the Lord is saying, cease from your labor and trust me, I've got this. And I will orchestrate it. I'm speaking prophetically a better work than what you could ever do in your own strength. It's time for you to give up and let me do it. Wow. Most of us are constantly working and trying to make things work out. But this was a day that all was supposed to stop according to Jewish law. No work was to take place. So we're stuck between two days in this moment, Friday, a day of pain and Sunday, a day of promise. And anyone who has had pain and you're, you're seeking God for a, for a solution in, in a situation, you know, oftentimes there's a gap between pain and promise. Some of you are living in that gap right now. You may be living in your Saturday moment where you're, you've experienced pain, but you've not yet gotten to the promise. How many of you know that he's the alpha and the omega, but he's also the God of the middle moment? Yes, I'm so grateful that he's the God of the middle moment. The God that when I'm roaming and I have no idea where to go, which direction to go, do I turn left, do I turn right, which way do I go? I'm so grateful that he's the God who directs me in the middle of the moment when I experience confusion. And I want to say this, if you're experiencing confusion, get into his presence because confusion is not of the Lord. There's clarity and there's revelation in the presence of the Lord. If you're confused about the moment that you're in, press into Jesus because in his presence, in that middle moment, The Alpha and the Omega, he knows the beginning from the end. He will show you and he will meet you where you're at. Waiting is a part of this spiritual journey. I don't like waiting. My dad and I had a conversation 
about six years ago, I was in a waiting period, and I don't do well with waiting rooms. I don't do well with DMV. I don't do well with hospitals. I don't do well with any. I, I do not wait well. I'm, I'm all about that Amazon. Click on it. It's like there. I don't know how Amazon does it. It's like it's there before I even click on it. But my dad, he was using this word. He said, he said Adam, he goes, I, I, I love you, but son, there's a process. God is working a process. He's doing a deep work in this moment where you're forced to just chill out and let me do something. He used the word process. And when he said the word process, it was like a cuss word to my ears in that moment. <laughs> because I don't like waiting. Is anybody with me? Yes. I don't like it. But waiting is a part of the spiritual journey. We live in an instant pudding generation. That Amazon, click on it and it's there. But God is a crockpot God. Anybody feel that? Somebody's got something in the crockpot right now waiting at home. It's Easter Sunday. Can I get a witness? How many of you know, listen, we could talk some food in this room. We in the South? Amen. How many of y'all are leaving here? You're going to eat. Some of y'all got your watches on right now. You're like, yeah, when you wrap it up, bro. <laughs> You're going to encounter Jesus. I just rebuke that. So what actually happened on that Saturday waiting period? Ephesians 4 verse 9 says, He also descended to the lower earthly regions. 1 Peter chapter 3, 18 and 19, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Can I get a witness from anybody? After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. There's a lot of debates between scholars about what Jesus was doing on that Saturday. And, and here's what we do know. We do know that Jesus was not just laying in the tomb. He was confronting hell on Saturday. When it wasn't visible, Jesus was confronting hell. And I want to tell some of you this this morning that came here, that you're like, man, I'm in my Saturday moment, that Jesus is confronting hell on your behalf. If you'll press in and you'll seek the Father, you need to know he's doing the work for you behind the scenes. And when it's like, God, where are you? You need to know he's doing a work and he's developing character in you. You, and you need to just lift your hands in the air and just praise him because the minute you start praising is the minute that moment goes quicker the minute you pause and you go god where are you and you start griping and you start complaining it's 40 years in the wilderness and i've experienced the wilderness moment ain't nobody complaining like this guy and god has dealt with me about the fact that when i praise it has purpose and that he will take me, and I'm not trying to like play with P words and be all flashy about it. I'm just, don't worry, I'm not going there. I want to authentically speak to you today, though, that I believe that there's something about just resting in the Lord in that Saturday moment when we don't understand. There's something about faith when we don't understand. I, I told y'all the opposite of faith we are, have often been taught is fear, but I believe it's sight. Because if, if, if we see, we don't need faith. But when we don't see, we need to lean on the Lord. So I want to read to you the Apostles' Creed because we know that Jesus was confronting hell on that Saturday. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was convicted by Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. 
From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. Aren't you grateful for a God who's seated at the right hand of the, for Jesus who's seated at the right hand of the Father? This validates, it's been a tradition for more than 1,500 years, that reading. The fact that something was going on that Saturday, even though it didn't appear that way in the moment, that proves it right there. Colossians 2, verse 15, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus disarmed them. You may ask, what did he disarm them from? And check this out, because here's the crux of the revelation of this message for me as I was looking at Scripture. Jesus tells him, he tells us himself what was disarmed. If you remember John, when he was on the island of Patmos, he saw and wrote the book of Revelations and had what's called by theologians a Christophany, which means an appearance of Jesus. And let's look at Revelation that he wrote, chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. And I want to pause right there. He addresses fear first. He shows up and he... Now, you would think when there's a Christophany, when there's an appearance, he wouldn't have to address fear, but he does. Some of you know that Jesus is fighting on your behalf, but you have to address fear anyway. And that's the first thing he does there. And I'm going to look at this a couple times. Do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I love how Jesus amens himself right there. Okay. So if you're wondering why I'm craving amens, it's because I'm trying to be more like Jesus. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. The devil doesn't even have the keys to his own house. That's what you see there. He's saying, I've got the keys. I accomplished this. It's done. That's how much authority the devil lacks doesn't even have the keys to his own house anymore. So John saw Jesus in his glorified body. This was after the resurrection. And let's look at Daniel. After Daniel, you remember he went on a 21-day fast, and an angel appeared to Daniel, and he said this in Daniel 10, verse 12 and 13. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Everybody say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, there's something, there's a revelation about fear. Don't be afraid. Those are the same words we just read in Revelation there. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. 21 day fast. This is day one that he starts. Now, he didn't get the revelation and see that angel or, or have that vision right there until the 21st day, but is communicated there that from the first day his prayers were heard. What's being said right there? You might be in your Saturday moment, but he's hearing your prayers. He's hearing your cry. I'm here to tell you he's not forgotten about you. You matter to the Lord. Can I get a praise given to God in this moment? That's good stuff right there. But the prince of Persian kingdom rested, resisted Sorry, me 21 days. Now, how many of you know that's, that's darkness right there? Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. The angel is communicating to Daniel that all throughout his fast, his prayers were heard and the demonic forces were being defeated. There was a work being done there. But Daniel didn't have revelation of this until the 21st day of his fast. But the battle was won on the first day of his fast is how that scripture ends. God's already defeated. The battle's already been won. You're here today and I want to encourage you. The battle is already won. Yeah. 
You look at the news. You flip on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or whatever your poison is. No matter what you see, the battle is already won. A.W. Tozer, a scared world needs a fearless church. What do we do? We lift our hands in the air and praise him that in a Saturday moment, even over America, it's already won and this ends well for us. Amen? Amen. So get rid of fear and understand we got to walk around like we've got the victory because we do. You need to say that to yourself. When you're at Starbucks and you hear the doom and the gloom about gas prices, do you know that I believe the greatest witness that we could have as the church is to display, not to declare only, but to display the joy of the Lord and the fact that we know we possess the victory because of Jesus that's inside of us. So we need to shake off the heaviness, not just for ourselves, but understanding that to whom much is given, much is expected, much is required, that you would demonstrate the victory that you carry on a day-to-day basis in the middle of a dark world, in a dark moment, in a dark hour. There's something about that. And I feel like we need to understand that this is a commission today, not just a a revelation, but a a commission that we would walk with this authority and take it out into the world. Liz and I, we were eating at a restaurant just recently. We do that all the time. We're professionals at that. (laughs) Pentecostals, you know. How you doing? And we had a, a waitress that was just... The heaviness that was on her was incredible. She said, you guys are always happy. What is that? And Liz just smiled. Nobody knew this, but she had just been one day before we had a miscarriage. And Liz was smiling. And I was so proud of her because it's Jesus in Liz that allowed her to smile in that moment and be a witness. And no matter what's going on in your life, can I tell you that in your darkest hour when you could declare and display the joy of the Lord, what a testimony to how real God is in that moment. I got, I got a word for you. It's not the most gentle, but get over yourself. Because as the church, we need to get over ourselves in the day we're living in. And understand we carry spiritual authority and it's time to walk in it. You're in between pain and purpose. It ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Just go for it and display the joy of the Lord. I'm here to tell somebody today that feels like you're in your Saturday moment, that God is fighting for you. The battle is won. He's risen and death is defeated. Saturday reminds us that while we're waiting, Jesus is warring. While you were in the wait, Jesus is not inactive. I want to give you two things about waiting and two things about warring today and then we're going to wrap up and we're going to we're going to just entertain the presence of the Lord and marinate in that for a minute. The first thing is about waiting that we wait patiently. There was a guy who asked God, uh, "What's a million years to you?" and God said it's like a second. This guy said, "Well, what's a a million dollars to you?" and God said it's like a penny. The gentleman asked God, "Can I get one of those pennies?" He said, "Sure, just give me a second." <laughs> That is how God deals with me every day. <laughs> well, we live in this drive through Amazon world, but God doesn't. I was joking about that, but I want to tell you that it's amazing the perspective of God. I'm working really hard to get God's perspective. I'm pressing into Jesus. Do you know the only way that you get God's perspective is when you press in and you're intimate with him? It's the only way. There's no way to avoid that. Whispers are heard in close proximity. You want to hear the voice of the Lord? Get close to Jesus. 
Watch the movies that are on your TV. Watch the things that are coming across your iPad and your iPhone. Watch the conversations that you have because they matter and they affect your authority. Sure, the gifting is without repentance, absolutely. But the anointing, that's a different story. You want to have the anointing of the Lord? Get close to Jesus and you'll see the increase of the anointing of the Lord. I want to walk to where the shadow, my shadow heals the sick. I want that authority that I read about that Jesus has. Because I believe that the only way we're going to save a generation, they don't want, my generation doesn't, our generation, I'll just say our generation, I don't want to separate or cause a dividing line. Our generation does not want to hear about God. They want to be introduced to God. So you got to ramp up the intimacy so you can ramp up the authority so you could display the power of God. God is interested in developing character. As he is answering the prayer, James 1, verse 2 to 4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, where, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When something is happening to you, God wants to do something in you. That last verse that we read, I doubt many of you are going to put that on your fridge. Like, woo! <laughs> Can't wait to go through it. <laughs> but consider it pure joy. When you're going through something that God is developing something in you, you go, this is a really funky Easter message. He's alive. Why are we talking about this? Because I don't know about y'all, but I came in with issues, and I came in with challenges, and I came in with things that were on me that I had to break off me to even worship today. But I understand that in a Saturday moment, when I'm not sure what's going on, that he's confronting hell on my behalf and he's confronting hell on your behalf. And I know some of y'all came with issues of, of, of bodily healing and issues of a loved one that's maybe not walking with the Lord, that you're concerned. And uh, I, I, just got a, I just got a call yesterday from a, a mentor of mine that there was a gentleman uh, just shocking that, that committed suicide. And, and you would... You would you were like, what? This person you would not think would have done it. But it's, listen, we've got to walk and stay close to Jesus because you never know what somebody that you're going to encounter is dealing with. You just never know. And God, when something is happening to you, God wants to do something in you. Romans 5, verse 3 to 4. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance, character, and character, hope. Wow. Look at that correlation, perseverance, character, and character, hope. The second thing about waiting is that we wait hopefully. Hebrews 10, verse 36 to 39, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. How many of you know we're going to receive what he's promised? It's coming. For in a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous ones will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. In other words, this is not a time to back off. This is not a time to shrink back. He takes no pleasure in that. That does not give God glory. Understand the authority you have and walk in it. That gives God glory when we walk in authority. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed but to those who have faith and are saved. So don't give up. It's time to persevere. Galatians 6, 9. 
Let us not become weary in well-doing. And we all know this verse. For in the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. In this hour that we're living, it's important that we meditate on that verse, Galatians 6, 9. That one I would put on your fridge. Because in due time, you will reap the reward if you stay close to Jesus. The first thing about warring is we war consistently. Looking at Daniel, keep praying to the 21st day and trust that God's got this all along the journey. Many of you are seeking God for a breakthrough in certain areas. Thank him that it's already done. You know, Liz and I, we've gotten into the habit of praying, and we pray from a position of faith. We even pray scripture and thanking him that it's already done on the first day of praying. No, you might not get your revelation for a little bit, but just keep praying and trust in the Lord and walk by faith and not by sight. It's already done. Know this about prayer. Prayer is not only about communion with God, but it's it's confrontation with the enemy. The Bible says we have power to bind and loose. How many of you have had a spirit of fear that's come against you? We just read that in scripture. Obviously, there's a thing about addressing that. We need to address the spirit of fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah, the reason why there's a lot of non-sound minds right now is because there's a lot of fear. We've got to confront fear. We've got to bind it and understand that's a part of prayer is binding and loosing. Now, we glorify God, but we bind the enemy in Jesus' name. And I rebuke fear even in this place in the name of Jesus. And I know it's a thing. Whenever I, I was telling Liz on the way here, I said, whenever I'm about to speak a, a, about a subject, I always get attacked in that area. It seems like it's, it's just whatever. Keith, you know, I know you know what I'm talking about. It's like all hell comes against me. And, and I've been dealing with, uh, over the past couple of days, this, this fear that was coming on me. I was like, what is this? Oh, I'm speaking about fear, right? That Saturday moment. Well, that makes sense. You will most likely have to confront even the enemy of your thoughts. Take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you when your mind starts to journey down. Well, I don't know. The enemy will start, start talking to you in your mind. I don't know. You know, I don't know if he'll do it. We're going, we're going to pray for healing, but you know, it's a, it's a crapshoot. Who knows? No, no, no. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And Liz and I have gotten into the habit of saying, you know what? No matter how this ends, it ends where we're in victory. I don't understand his ways. I don't understand. I have lots of questions. But what I do understand is I trust him. Trusting him when I don't understand, now we're walking in faith. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5, and we're almost done here. Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Do you know what a stronghold is? The stronghold is something the devil has convinced you of that's not true. That's good. I'm going to say that again. A stronghold is something the devil has convinced you of that's not true. It's not a reality for you when you walk in Jesus. You have the ability to break that stronghold. In the name of Jesus, I break that addiction. I break that stronghold. I say no more. There's power when you speak those things. You go, well, that's ridiculous. Really, how ridiculous is that addiction that you have that you won't confront? Because there's power of life and death in the tongue. And if you would walk in authority, you can confront those things and see them break. You go, I don't know about that. Have you tried it? Have you gotten in the face of the enemy in prayer? 
Have you seen Liz the other day? She got up. I was so proud of you, babe. You got up and started storming around their house. Listen, anybody who didn't know Liz, doesn't know the authority she carries from the world, like the neighbors, probably thought she would cray cray. But she was, well, I bind that in Jesus' name. I say no more. I, she turned into her mother. I'm telling you, because I watched her mother do it her whole life. I say no more. But, and I started talking. She goes, not right now. I was like, I'm not the enemy. But do not get in her prayer line. Just back off and give her some space in Jesus' name. But she was addressing some things. And I came back 20 minutes later. I went to Starbucks. I'm like, you do your thing. I came back from Starbucks, and the atmosphere in the house was different. Because Liz waged war. And I'm proud of you, babe. I love a woman who carries authority. That's awesome. And I want to encourage some of y'all need to pray over your house and command the spirits. Just open up your front door and say, not here, not today. Out. We're done. I take authority over you. Sickness, I take authority of you. Out. You're not welcome in my house. Your kids, disobedience, you're not welcome here. Here's a spanking and out. Get out my house. Happy Easter. <laughs> We're huge on marketing here at Hope Covenant Church. Good Lord. And the last thing about waging war, we, we war confidently. The battle is won. Jesus is risen. We need to be confident. How many of you know Jesus is here right now? <laughs> there was, what did the graphic say? It said, uh, Happy Easter. I had you change it. It's it. He's not here. <laughs> I can't, it's, I'm, I'm, making, I'm not making fun of it. It said, happy Easter. He's not here. And I knew what the graphic meant, but I was like, no, he is here. <laughs> he has changed that. He's here. He's here. It's like, not the first thing I want people to see when they come in. Like, hey, Jesus is not here. Just so you know, welcome to Hope Covenant Church where we do things in our strength. No, no, no. And I'm not making fun of it. I knew what you meant on it. It's good. <laughs> Jesus is here right now. Jesus is with you. Jesus is present. He's an ever-present help in time of need. You might be in your Saturday moment, but I want to tell you that Jesus is with you. He's not forgotten you. He's not overlooked you. Philippians 2, verses 8 to 10. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, that every knee has no choice but to bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And Father, this morning, we thank you that we walk with the authority that every knee has to bow. Every tongue will confess that you are Lord. Father, right now, as many of us are in between that pain and that purpose, I thank you, Lord, that you would reveal to us the reality of the authority that we carry when we're in you. And I want to say this to somebody who this is a, a whole foreign concept to you this morning. Maybe you're watching or listening online. This is all new. You've never heard of this, that accepting Jesus to dwell within you gives you authority and that you can demonstrate the power of a Jesus that's alive. If you've never done that before, I want to encourage you. We're going to pray a prayer in just a minute and you guys are all going to repeat this with me. Many of you have prayed this already. But when you do that, Scripture says that all of heaven stops and rejoices because we're a family. 
and you can carry this authority. But I wanna make two calls, two calls today. First call is, if you've never done this before, the second call is maybe you've been so far into walking in authority it's been so long you need to recommit yourself to Jesus and say Jesus I commit myself to you and I thank you Lord that there will be no distance between me and you that I would walk in your authority and carry your spirit within me and actually I'm going to add a third thing and that's for the, perp- the person who's, who's experienced such pain And you've been so far from purpose and it's been a dark hour for you. And you just need the Lord to touch you this morning and to rescue you from that situation. So here's what we're going to do. Let's pray this. Jesus, come on, Jesus, I invite you right now into my heart. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're alive, that you're well, that your authority is here. And I invite you to dwell in me. And I commit myself. I even recommit myself to you this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that you've washed me. That you've forgiven me from my sin. That by your blood and the cross that you died on for me. That I am saved in Jesus' name. Wash me. Forgive me, save me, rescue me, and now come and be my Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, would you give God a shout of praise this morning? If that was your first time praying that, we do want to we do want to talk to you this morning. If you're watching online, go ahead and DM us if you would on Facebook, or you can send us an email at info at hopecovenant.cc. And now this is... Every eye closed. We're almost done, but this is, this is key this morning. If you're here and you've been discouraged and you've been down and you've experienced anxiety, you've experienced depression, you've experienced just constantly being overwhelmed, 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 I want to encourage you to just, with every eye closed, just put your hands up if that's you. You've experienced anxiety. You've experienced fear. You've experienced being overwhelmed. You've experienced that thing where it's like you're constantly just going, 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 going. Now, I break striving off of every person in here. And I thank you, Lord, that as we rest in your presence on the seventh day, you rested when you created the earth. I thank you, Lord, if, if that's what you did, God then we're not better than you. We're going to declare the Sabbath rest. We declare peace. I declare peace over every mind and every heart. And I declare rest from striving and I break striving off of you in the mighty name of Jesus. I address every bit of anxiety and fear in the name of Jesus. And we just declare we're getting off that performance wheel in the mighty name of Jesus. And we ask you, Lord, to supernaturally step in and take over in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to say this. Every person just look at me real quick. We all want a savior. Where it gets challenging is the lordship. This is where we give up and we let God. I want to tell you, your Saturday moment will end when you make him Lord and you give up and you let him do the work. Because how many of you know Sunday came and he walked out of that tomb and he's alive even to this day. Can we give God a shout of praise for that? Yeah, yeah. I want to say this, your best days are ahead. Your 
best days are ahead. Your best days are ahead. Listen, this is gonna be a good year. This is gonna be a good month. Can we be a light in the darkness? And can we walk in authority and know that Jesus is warring on our behalf? You guys are dismissed. I love you guys. Go this week. Be a light. If anybody needs prayer, we're here for you. Come and see Liz and I. We'll gladly pray over you guys. Thank you guys that are listening on the podcast. We'll see you next week, 1030. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.